Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. A lot of people don't care about liking or not liking the lead characters, but I'm oh, one of a person yes. during the summer that I want to like the lead characters. I don't want <laughs> yeah. it to be someone. Um, so inevitably, I want to read a book where I want to keep hearing their voice. Let me say that this book's very creepy. Okay. Um, my goodness. I, I had to put it down. I had to put it to hide it. it. Oh, my goodness. It reads like a TV show, like a thriller. Like, oh, oh my I also like books that have like that dual point of view um, so that you kind of get the suspense of like, oh, I wonder how that other person views it. Today is day two of summer 2023. If you're anything like me, there's a stack of books just waiting bedside for attention. But when the weather's warmer and the days are longer, I'm looking for things I can read under a big umbrella, and preferably with a generously iced drink. So what better time to talk about great summer reads and get recs from experts we rely on, local librarians. We've got Tammy Albohair, St. Louis County Library Associate, and that's at SLCL's Parkview branch. Welcome back, Tammy. Hi, thanks for having me. And Marianne Bricky, who is Director of Central Services at the St. Louis Public Library, and that's at the Central Branch. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And thank you both for being here today. Now, let's talk broadly about what summer reads are. What are the qualities of a good summer read, Tammy? Uh, and do you have an example of a broadly known book that captures most of those traits? Um, to me, a good summer read, um, some would say light and airy. Um, I say meaty. Uh, <laughs> I like memoirs. Um, good summer reads. Um, a lot of uh, uh, people are reading uh, long books, uh, 700 pages, uh-huh. um, um, like the love songs of W.E.B. Du Bois. Um, they're reading that one. That was on the Oprah's Book Club. Um, they're reading the uh, Oprah's newest pick, The Covenant of Water. Um, so I think they're looking for, I'm looking for meaty titles. Um, okay. A lot of people are looking for light and airy. Sure, sure. And Marianne, how about for you? What are those qualities of a great summer read? So I'll balance out the conversation and take on the light and airy. Because um, <laughs> I'm someone who wants to be able to put the book down and not even remember the characters' names because it's not even important. It's not about that. It's just about the feeling and just kind of being able to look out over the water or relax. Um So there's, you know, a lot of authors that specialize in that kind of genre. Um, Mm -hmm. A few of my favorites, um, like a current release is Kate Claiborne's um, Georgie All Along. But her books in general are just great summer reads. She kind of falls along the same lines as somebody like Jasmine Gilroy or even Tessa Bailey is just kind of a go-to author that you can just pick up and know that the book is just going to be a little joy, piece of joy. It's not anything that's going to change your life or <laughs> change the way you think about the world, but it's just going to be a light, um, fun read. So I think this is a great way to start because clearly people have their own tastes. Uh, and so as we're having this conversation, 
Um, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the back and forth. Now, each of you chose seven titles to talk about today. And since a good portion of your selections involve an element of romance and of mystery too, let's do the first couple in kind of matchmaking fashion. So Tammy, tell us about book one on your list. Um, Book one is um, Leave the World Behind by um, Rahman Alam. Um, It's almost like it's apocalyptic. Um, Two families, um, one family is going on vacation in a cabin, and they've been waiting for this vacation, and they're, you know, they're just the family. Um, but two people show up. Um, they're an older African-American couple, and they claim they own the cabin. Um, and they've shown up because there's a blackout in New York City. There's no Internet, no cell phone service, and no TV. So is the world ending or what's happening? Nobody right. knows what's happening. So these two families come together. Um, to try to navigate that situation. And was that number one on your list because it is your top pick or is just the first one that came to mind? Um, Actually, it's the first one that came to mind. And um, I read it at the height of the pandemic. So it was kind of scary. Okay. Um, But it's, it's, you know... It's kind of what's ha- you know it's kind of you know what's kind of happening in the world. Right, right. Um, it deals with race, class, um, and you know apocalyptic and the psychological. And is this a long book? No, it's short. Okay, actually, it's short, and it's being um, made into a movie. So the movie comes out oh. in December. The movie's already been made. Okay, so the movie comes out in December based on this book. All right. So y'all, you should read it before the movie is released. Right. Marianne, which of your picks would you pair with "Leave the World Behind"? And why? Okay. Um, well, I was going to think maybe we should do an enemies to lovers and I should just pick the opposite of that. Oh, but, sure. <laughs> right. but I don't think I can carry that through line. And then, uh, So I'm just going to say um, in terms of kind of one that's a little bit more dark, has a little bit more kind of, uh, I would say, questionable moral characters, um, mm. is My Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn. Um, so this is a book that is fast-paced. It opens up with a scene that is cinematic. If they don't make this into a movie, then they're missing an opportunity because it's very, <laughs> um, you know, I believe BuzzFeed described it as like Golden Girls meets James Bond. So it's these four women who are, um, we we learn through the story that they are, kind of retiring assassins oh. but they have worked as assassins and this, the scenes open the book opens with them in the middle of one of their jobs okay um so again it's you're kind of rooting for them but they're also kind of morally gray because obviously this is how they make their living right. um but in terms of the the cinematic aspect i think that's probably the best pairing with um with tammy's with choice tammy's. okay now marianne talk about a book that is on your list that has characters you'd love to know as real people? Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a teen YA novel. Um, Talia Hibbert is one of my all-time favorite authors. I recommend her to everyone who, especially people who are like questioning if they would like romance because she writes oh. it so well and writes really good dialogue. Um, and this is just such a sweet story. So it's a little bit different from her traditional adult. It's, you know, scaled back for a teen audience. Mm. Um, so there's a little less um, romance on the page. But their dialogue is just really captivating. They're such sweet kids. They they do go to camp together in the, as part of the storyline. And they're in this wilderness camp in, in um, England and Scotland. And 
they're both um, competing for a scholarship. So you know that these are kids who like have the world in front of them and are trying to think of where they want to go and what they want to do. And they're supportive of each other. Um, they used to be best friends. They kind of had a falling out through a misunderstanding. And then the book is about them kind of reconnecting, um, becoming friends again, and just their intertwined lives at that point. And it's they're just a couple of teens that I would love to walk into the library and get to talk to them yeah. and recommend some books for them. Now, Tammy, you were nodding. Is this a book that you're familiar I'm with? Familiar. Uh-huh, I'm familiar. I'm okay. familiar with Tally Herbert. Yeah, I'm so familiar with Does that, one but... of your picks feature like a, a setting or a situation that reminds you of the characters that that Marianne has described? Um um it's it's not YA, but um I would go with the Seaside Cafe. Okay. Um takes place in a small town, a coastal town in North Carolina during the summer. Um, the ladies have come to, um, they've all, you know, run from something. Um, one's running from an affair she had in Atlanta. Another lady's running from a bad marriage. And another lady um, has taken over the cafe um, since her mother passed away. Okay. So they all meet at the cafe and they form a book club. So um, they form a book club where they read the classics. Um, but... Um, they all have their own story to tell. So their lives change, um, you know, while they're, you know, participating in the book club. Yeah. And it's interesting because the the book that you had mentioned um, was described as a Bildungsroman, like Mm -hmm. a a book about sort of coming of age. Mm -hmm. Coming of age is not limited to to young people. So I like that connection there. If you want to see both Tammy's and Marianne's list and the books that they've mentioned so far, we've got them up now at stlonair.show. And we want to hear from you this hour. What's your favorite beach read of all time and why? Call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. And you can also send us a tweet at stlonair or email us at talk at stlpr.org. So... There are books that might not immediately strike people as a summer read. And we kind of set that up at the beginning when I was asking about what your standards are for uh, a summer read. I would like for each of you to talk about a couple that kind of stood out to me. Tammy, you'd mentioned memoirs, and there's one on your list. Tell us about that book. Um, This is... uh Wonderful. One of my favorites of the year so far, um, The Love You Saved by Goldie Taylor. Um, she's from St. Louis. Um, this um, She writes her memoir. It takes place in St. Louis and East St. Louis. Um, so if you if you like familiar um, and if you're from St. Louis, you're going to love this book. Um, it's raw, gritty, but it's a true story. Um, she goes through, oh, man, it's, you know, <laughs> the things that she goes through in her life. Um, but I read it in two days. Um I had the um, pleasure of meeting her a few months ago at her, at her book signing. So um, it's just a great, great memoir. So if you mm-hmm. like memoirs, and again, it's familiar. I loved it because I knew when she talked about those streets, I knew what those streets were. When she talked about the old Northwest Plaza, I knew, you know, where that was. I grew up going there. So it was just the familiarity was just great. Mm-hmm. And what time period does that memoir um, cover? Uh, 70s and 80s. Okay. 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, and actually, and Goldie Taylor, she spoke with um, our arts and culture reporter, Jeremy Goodwin, mm-hmm. when she was in town mm-hmm. um, to, to do a book talk related mm-hmm. to that. Marianne, for your part, you had mentioned Killers of a Certain Age. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a book that was introduced to you by someone who might consider other books like that to be light 
sort of summer reads or how did, how was how was that introduction to this? So that was more about um, wanting a fast paced read, kind mm. of like plot driven. Okay. Um, so. I think part of the reason that Tammy would recommend a memoir and I might recommend a memoir is for someone who is really into character development or um, getting to know the character. So memoirs are just you get to know you know Goldie Taylor through her book. True. And so you're seeing and you're rooting for her and you're wanting her to succeed. Um, so those kind of things are what draw people to some books. And then a plot and a really fast paced plot is going to draw other people. So I'm usually a character person. Uh-huh. Um, I'm usually a person who wants to know, am I going to like and I know a lot of people don't care about liking or not liking the lead characters, but I'm oh, one of a person yes. during the summer that I want to like the lead characters. I don't want it <laughs> yeah. to be someone. Um, so inevitably, I want to read a book where I want to keep hearing their voice okay. or I want to keep hearing their point of view in how they see the world because that's what's going to keep me interested and, you know, picking it up. And I also like books that have like that dual point of view um, so that you kind of get the suspense of like, oh, I wonder how that other person views it. Yeah. Um, and kind of taking it, taking the story in bits and pieces and seeing it through each other's eyes. Um, and I think that builds the kind of the the suspense of the, of the book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I think it was probably somebody who heard my call for like, okay, but what's one that's like more about plot and like yeah. kind of fast paced? Okay. But as far as the character development and and what you've mentioned about memoirs, is there a book among the ones that you've chosen that has those really strong characters, not necessarily ones that you would want to know in person or in real life? Sure. Um, So my kind of my the actual one on my list that I think is most against type is My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante, which is kind of a classic at this point. It's part of the Neapolitan trilogy. It's now been made into a series on HBO or Max, whatever mm-hmm. they're calling it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but it's just so much depth and a lot of emotion and just a really, you know, I think there's like 30 characters on the glossary of characters at the opening of the book. So oh, wow. this is for my sister who wants to read you know, Dostoevsky on the on the beach. She wants something that's really meaty and she wants to be really confused by how many people she's meeting ever across the pages. Um, I wouldn't necessarily think that I, it would hold my attention on the beach, but it's one of my favorite books. Right, so, right. I, you know, if that's the type of book that you're looking for, I would obviously recommend yeah. it to you. So, like stuff that you can kind of swim in. Right. <laughs> As it were. We're going to take a very quick break here, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation about summer reads. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about um, differences in reads. There's some people who want something that you can swim in. Some people want something very light and airy. Now, summer is associated with heat. In the intro, I talked about having a generally, a generously not generally, generously, iced glass. Would you call any of your picks hot? And I want you to interpret that word in whatever way you choose. So, Marianne, let's start with you. Well, I'll go with um, one of my all-time 
of my list, which is uh, The Fortnight in September by R.C. Sheriff. Um, hot because it's a book that was published in 1931, and it's still popular today. Um, so just kind of like the, the slow burn, staying power of um, The Fortnight in September, which is really a beautiful thing because it's a book where not much happens. It's just a very slow kind of unfurling trip to the seaside of a, of a family that doesn't really have any drama. It's just kind of their quiet life together. Um, so, you know, the fact that people are still drawn to that, even, you know, almost 100 years after, and it's still getting written up in places like The Guardian and, you know, as a as a life-affirming, just joyful read, um, I think that's hot. And is it a, a small book? Um, it's not that it's not that thick. It's I okay. mean, it takes place over like the course of a weekend. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tammy, tell me about your hot pick. <laughs> hot, uh, you know, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Texas Heat. Uh, I'm gonna go with Night Wherever We Go okay. um, by Tracy Rose Payton. Um, another one of my favorites. The words just come off of the page. Um, it talks about um, six um, enslaved women who live on a plantation, on the Lucy's plantation. Um, the Lucy's are named after Lucifer, Devil, oh, Hot. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, and they all come from different backgrounds, and um, the plantation is struggling. So the Lucy's hire a stockman to impregnate the women or try to impregnate the women. Mm-hmm. So all the women come together to try to um, prevent pregnancy and you know try to survive. So um, it takes place in Texas. So that's hot. Lucy's Lucifer hot. So uh, that's my hot pick. Okay. <laughs> now, I did a little bit of web searching about the advent of summer reading. Like, how did this become a thing? And I came upon a, a 2021 New York Times article about it, and it traced it back as far as the latter 1800s. And there were, unsurprisingly, new class and gender elements at play with the rise of summer reading lists and the connection between summer reads and vacationing, as well as what people were vacationing from, sort of part of that too. For those who may not have the luxury of going on a vacation to read and like it, to do nothing, or if you're a parent and vacationing is, it's vacation for some, but not for everybody. Are there any um, audiobooks that you might recommend, either of the ones that you have chosen or ones that you can think of sort of off the top of your mind that are great for summer, maybe for driving, or for those who don't have the capacity to read a book? And, and need something to listen to? Um, okay, I'll go first. Um, I talked about this book in December. I'm going to talk about it again. Uh-huh. I'll keep talking about it. The Viola Davis, Finding Me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best books I have ever read, and I've read hundreds of books. Right. Um, I listened to it on audio. She's the narrator. Um, it is a great book. Um, great if you're... You know, if you're at home or if you're taking a short drive, um, it's just a great audio book. And um, that's, that's another memoir. Um, and I would recommend that one. Yeah. How about you? So I guess I, not knowing who else is in the car who might also oh, be listening. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I will confine it to like an audio book that I recommend just hands down all the time is All Systems Read by Martha Wells. Um, this goes back to 
the first book Tammy read which mentioned, which is a science fiction. Um, my friends group, we do a thing called Sci-Fi July, where we challenge ourselves to read more science fiction during the month of July okay. um, to kind of motivate ourselves to read a genre that we don't always read. Um, and All Systems Red is one of the best, and the narrator is so funny, and it's it's not that long, but there's now, like, I think four books in the series, um, and I recommend it as an audiobook much more over the written book. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And do you find that people are looking for audiobooks more now than maybe they did in the past? Yeah, yeah I do, um, especially in the summertime, um, and more people are coming saying, you know what, I just need it on audio. I'm going on a trip or I'm, I'm in the car. Um, a lot of pe- The commute, I hear a lot of people say, I need something to read oh. while I'm on the commute to work because now people are going back to work, going back sure. into the office. Okay. So I, um, we get a lot of those too. Yeah, yeah. And I would also say with the rise of like more podcasts over mm-hmm. the last decade, right. yeah, people true. have gotten used to having just like somebody's voice in their right. in their ear while they're doing tasks around the house. That's oh. true. So whether it be cleaning or cooking or whatever, yeah. they've had a podcast on and okay, their podcast is over, but maybe I want a plot or maybe I want some characters and then they'll come in and kind of made that transition to fitting audiobooks into their lives. Yeah. Right. Now, Marianne, you did mention, I asked you earlier about how long you've been with St. Louis Library. You mentioned that you have moved back here. You're a boomerang. Right. Um, do you think that summer reads that you would recommend to folks in Savannah, Georgia, like that might be different from what you're recommending to people here in St. Louis? Sure. I actually um, messaged a few of my friends down in Savannah still, and they were like, well, you go to the classics, Mary Kay Andrews, and which is a classic for Savannah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's the beach read for Savannah or Elon Hildebrand, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things, which I think For if you live in a coastal town and on the beach, maybe those fit and maybe those feel right to you. But for for a St. Louisan, I would be like, yeah, those are good reads. That's not what I would necessarily recommend at the top of my list. Um, So, yeah, I think it it does strike differently versus if you're living in a place that's considered a a vacation spot versus if you're a person who just wants to get to that vacation spot desperately. Yeah, right. (laughs) My hand is up right now. Now, based on what you each have heard from one another, is there a book on your list that we haven't talked about or maybe one that you considered but you left off that you think that your your partner here would enjoy? Tell me, is there something? I think um, I'm going to go with Park Avenue Summer by Renee Rosen. We just talked about it before we oh, came in. Oh, okay. Um, if you like Mad Men, that TV show, you'll love um, this one. Um, it takes place in New York, and um, Alice is the assistant. She leaves her Midwestern town, uh, her small Midwestern town, and goes to New York in 1965 and becomes the assistant for um, her- Helen Gurley Brown, who is the editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan Magazine. So she is, you know, thrust into lavish parties, meeting celebrities, um, all while trying to, you know, figure out, you know, her life. Um, and um, she gets involved in a scandal. Okay. So um, with her boss, with the boss. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a great, great read. I loved if you like fashion, glitz and glamour, um, you're going to enjoy it. So I enjoyed it. Okay. And how about for you? What do you recommend? Tammy, I already wrote it down, so it's going to be on my <laughs> list. Um, so because Tammy likes things that have a little bit more meat in them mm-hmm. and a little bit more um, kind of thought, you know, right. it, yeah, it causes true. you to think a little bit more. Right. Um, I'm actually going to recommend one of my all-time favorites, which is We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. Um, so it is another YA title, young adult teen, teen novel. 
Um, but this, the story's narrator, um, Cadence, is suffering from some form of memory loss. Um, and her family is a wealthy East Coast family who, you know, vacations on their their own private villa, um, island. And the story is just her slowly regaining her memory of summer 14 or summer 15. And she's now at summer 17 because that's how she classifies it, like, by her own age. Um, and there's just so much family angst and drama that's kind of revealed throughout the story. And um, it definitely... Is, has a little bit more of an element of suspense to it. Um, so that's the one I would recommend to okay. Tammy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as far as the format goes, so library books, they are books that you borrow that other people have read. Summer reads, I think of like you throw it into whatever bag um, or container mm. you have with you. So you don't want to do that with library books. Is oh, there a book on your people list? People still do. Don't oh. worry. <laughs> <laughs> is there a book on your list that you think is it's good enough to buy, but also one that um, you know that you would want to read in a place that maybe is not pristine, and that would you know get messed up or. <laughs> Well, I can take this one first because okay. we were okay. actually just talking about this book before we got on the air, which is um, Meet Me at the Lake by Carly Fortune. Yeah. Um, that's a new release that has um, a lot of holds yes, on it its does. copies at the oh, library. So you'll yes. probably be waiting till the end of summer to get it anyway. So you might as well just go buy yourself a True. copy if you really want it. I mean, we do have e-audiobooks and you know e-resources. Mm-hmm. So obviously check it out on Libby or um, Hoopla or whatever and put your holds on there as well. But as far as a book that you could really buy and just leave at the beach for the next person or leave at the lake for the next person, oh. um, it kind of has a um, dirty dancing vibe. There's a, a you know a, vi- uh, a resort that somebody's in charge of keeping afloat after the family has left it to her, um, and just kind of it's set in Canada, but there's a lot of kind of you know out in the country scenes and then also urban scenes. Um, so it, you know, there's a lot of skipping back and forth in, in time, and like the narrative kind of keeps you guessing um, about what's what's happening in the story. Um, but it's one that you would definitely, you know, throw at the bottom of your bag and pull out <laughs> um, and and finish that way. So that's sure. the one I would recommend. And why were you talking about it? Tammy? Uh, I, I, we were just talking about uh, popular books, um, oh, and we just okay. talked. We, I don't know. We just she yep. mentioned it on her list, and I said that yeah. book has so many holes. <laughs> So you library. haven't read it. You haven't read it. I then. haven't read because I okay. have so many holes. Right. So, <laughs> she's right. Uh, yeah. So um, my book, um, actually, the copy that I had looks like somebody threw it in the bottom of their bag. Um, is the Perfect Ruin by uh, Shanora Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivy, you know, Ivy wants revenge, and so she's gonna do everything she can to get revenge. And she just uh, moves into the life of Lola Maxwell, who's a socialite in Miami. So um, let me say that this book is very creepy. Okay. Um, my goodness. I, I had to put it down. I had to put it, it to just, hide it. it. Oh, my goodness. It reads like a TV show, like a thriller. Oh. Like, oh, my. Ooh, yeah, I had to put it just. Ooh. <laughs> it, yeah. But um, but it's a good one. And you can just, you know, because like I said, it looks like the copy I had. Somebody threw it in the bottom of her back. Yeah. But um, it's one you can take with you. Um, it's paperback. It's easy. You know, not very, um, doesn't have a lot, you know, not a lot of, you know, not a lot of pages. But um, it's a great book if you like, you know, drama. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, revenge stories. Okay. And I mentioned the thing about hiding the book. I have a seven-year-old. And when there are illustrations or scenes in a book that he doesn't like, he will literally hide it. 
somewhere where you can't <laughs> see it. Now, bests are highly subjective, of course. So the titles that you've chosen aren't necessarily going to float everyone's boat. Mm. How do you go about making suggestions for books like Summer Reads when library patrons ask for them? Like, for example, is there a particular question that you ask that you usually elicits like key information? So yeah. one of the one of the, there's a lot of them, um, but the mm-hmm. first one I always ask is, "What's the last book that you read that you really liked, or that you that that you remember?" And sometimes that gets crickets. Like I don't okay. I don't ever remember reading a book I liked. Okay, well let's talk about you know what kind of thing do you do? Like do you play soccer? Do you go kayaking, you know, like what are their pastimes that could kind of tie them into a Mm storyline, even if they aren't necessarily a reader. Um, But usually that, that what was the last book you really loved um, question is the top, the top one that kind of gets me to understand how they are approaching reading and what they like. Mm -hmm. Tammy, how about you? Um, I usually ask, um, like she said, what do they like and what interests you? Yeah. And um, do you have a favorite author? Like if someone, if you had to read something by, you know, do you have a favorite author or something that you like or that you saw um, that maybe you heard? A lot of people come and say, someone recommended this book to me. I want to read this or something similar. Um, I always ask about, you know, something similar that they've read before. Have you had anybody come back to you and say, I hated this? (laughs) Yes. Okay, tell me about that. Oh, man. Yeah. they come back and said, I hated it. You know, why did you recommend it? I'm like, I thought it was good. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I've had that. And then, you know, of course you have, I loved it. Um, but, yeah, I have had people come and say, I hated it. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, we'll, we'll, you know, find something else that you like. Right. But it gets you closer to. It gets, right. It gets you closer to what you like yeah. and your interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you I always tell interest? people that. The best book clubs I've ever been a part of is if half the group hates the book and half the group loves the yes. book. Because those conversations are much more engaging than they if are. everyone just, oh, we all liked it. Yeah. Um, those kind of divisive books tend to lead to a lot more um, sharing, I think. And a lot that that actually solidifies the community that you're building in a book club. Okay. So not liking a book is not a bad thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, as we wrap here, I'd like you to tell me about the last pick for each of you. And Marianne, you mentioned Georgie all along, but I don't think we got too much of a description of it. Sell this book to me. Sure. Why should I read this? So Georgie has just been let go from her job um, as a personal assistant, um, which she was very skilled at, has high recommendations. It's just the woman is moving on in another, another direction. So she's kind of cast adrift. And she decides to go home to her hometown, um, spend some time with her best friend. She uncovers a journal that she kept in high school. So I don't know if anyone else did this, but she used to make summer bucket lists. So this is the one from her high school years, which include like jumping off this famous pier into the lake and you know signing your name on the bleachers and all those kind of like rites of passage things. So she's decided she's lost touch with that person who wrote that list. So she's going to go back and kind of cross those things off the list. So she meets a guy who's actually staying at her parents' house unbeknownst to her. So then they're like forced proximity roommates. um, And he helps her with the list throughout the summer. And it's just a really fun, humor-filled story of self-discovery, which which is, I think, what I put in my um, description. But it's it's probably my favorite book that I've read in the last uh, few months. So I would recommend it. All right. 
And Tammy, your last one? Um, my last one I didn't talk about um, was uh, Summer on the Bluffs by Sonny Hoskin. Um, takes place in um, beautiful Martha's Vineyard. Um, and it talks about um, Ama, who's a um, godmother, to her goddaughters. And she wants to leave her summer home to one of them. So she has um, a lots of secrets to tell. And she has to choose who she leaves her summer home to. Um, so I thought it was a good book. It's one of two books. Um, by Sonny Hoskin. The second one is um, Summer on Sag Harbor, and that was released this past May. So it is a series. Tammy Albaher is St. Louis County Library Associate at the Parkview Branch, and Marianne Bricky, Director of Central Services at St. Louis Public Library. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Alex Hoyer is our executive producer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.